Hey everybody, I'm Dan Vespris, the host of Fantasy NBA Today, Hoopball's flagship full-season fantasy podcast. We cover every piece of news, every mock draft, every rank list, pickups, drops, buy lows, sell highs, and every sleeper candidate all year long, Monday through Friday. Come check us out. We're Fantasy NBA Today, and you can follow me on Twitter for updates at Dan Bespris, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. We'll talk to you soon. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Start with that James Worthy slow clap, everybody, on the here on the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast after a big game two critical win by the Lakers, 117-109. What is up, everybody? Welcome in, welcome back. This is the Hoop Ball Lakers podcast. As always, I am your main man, Ethan Noroff, riding solo today. JC will be with you on a solo edition after Game 3. He's splitting up the responsibilities here as we're ramping up the production a little bit, trying to make everything happen for y'all. We appreciate your attention and, of course, want to celebrate the Lakers' success. Obviously, let's get right into it with Game 2. You know, I think there are a lot of good things to take away. But before we do, we want to make sure that you are... Uh, reviewer of this podcast you have subscribed to this podcast you know where to find this podcast anywhere where you stream it it's available easiest of course is going to be on itunes or spotify and when it comes for you to know the latest in hoop ball lakers land you got to make sure you're following us on twitter at hoop ball lakers is the show and the twitter account of course you can follow me on twitter at ethan underscore noroff and you can follow jc at jc de Leon one the lakers in game two obviously came out with a bang 36 to 20 in the first quarter was an emphatic way for this Lakers team to start the game and what I really liked is that they were aggressive from the onset there was there was a lot of defense played early and the Lakers made a commitment to defense for three out of the four quarters of this game anyway and I think that was imperative in setting the tone for their success but after sort of a back and forth ugly first start for the first five or six minutes the Lakers really came out and fired on all cylinders Very, very, very nice to see both LeBron James and Anthony Davis obviously have big nights, get to the basket a little bit easier. They put an emphasis on getting easier buckets. It is interesting that AD was minus seven in his 36 minutes. We'll get to plus minus in just a little bit, and we'll talk more broadly about that because there were just some very interesting takeaways from this box score. AD, although he was minus seven, 34 and 10, 
He was huge out there on 15 of 24 shooting. LeBron, one assist try, but one assist shy of a triple double with 28 points, 11 rebounds, nine assists, and active on the defensive end as well with four steals and two blocks. Despite the seven turnovers, Braun was a plus 15. You look at the Lakers and the Rockets box scores, and while we're on plus minus, we're just going to touch on this topic, okay? And then we'll go back to quarter by quarter, sort of sort of rehash some of the events. You look at the Lakers and, and Rockets box scores, and it's very interesting. The Lakers only had one starter, and this helps to tell the story of this game, okay? The Lakers only had one starter who was a positive in plus minus, and that was LeBron at plus 15. AD was minus seven, like we said. JaVale minus eight in his eight minutes. We'll talk more about the center position, of course. Danny Green was minus 10 in his 31 minutes, and KCP minus six in his 25 minutes. Then you go over to the Rockets box score, the team that lost, and you say, wow, every single one of their starters was positive in plus minus differential with the exception of one, and that was Russell Westbrook, who was minus 14. The Rockets got absolutely nothing from their bench in this game, with the exception of Danielle House. Jeff Green was a whopping minus 26 in his 22 minutes. Austin Rivers did not score after being, uh, you know, the James Harden Jr. at certain moments in game one. Danielle House was the only one to play a major role off the bench. And of course, Mike D'Antoni goes with those very short rotations. Russell Westbrook being the only uh, Rocket starter ne- in the uh, negative plus minus with minus 14. You know, I thought it was interesting what he's had to say after the game. And basically, he just said, look, right now I'm just running around out there and I, I got to figure out how to be effective. And I would say that's a pretty fair statement when you score 10 points on 15 shots. Uh, he did have 13 boards, but he also had seven turnovers and just was not a, a positive contributor to the Rockets' success. Obviously, the Lakers tie in the series at one game apiece. Huge switch in the momentum as we prepare for game three. Going to be a hell of a series. And, you know, the Lakers have done a good job limiting Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook done a good job of limiting himself but the Lakers definitely approached the game differently in terms of the defensive end on game two in terms of how they covered guys what types of uh, zones they dropped into and I felt like they were a lot more effective as mentioned for at least three of those four quarters in quarter one to tie it back to the plus minus I saw Rondo and Kuzma enter this game before Alex Caruso and I said that is not something that I really enjoy but much to my surprise, and I think really to everybody's surprise, right? Rajon Rondo was, he was excellent. I mean, he had 10 points. He had nine assists, five steals. He made good plays out there. He only had one turnover. And Rajon Rondo, ladies and gentlemen, in his 29 minutes was a game high plus 28. So that's the version of Rondo. Of course, he was only one of five from the three. But that's the version of Rondo that is capable of helping this team. And no matter what, it seems like he's going to play a sizable role going forward. So I hope that the Lakers can bottle up this version of him, watch the film, really study what worked, what uh, what combinations of players were out there simultaneously in terms of combination of guys and who he works best with, and just try to encapsulate that energy moving forward. Lakers also got a huge lift from their bench. That was really the difference in this game in terms of why they came out on top. Markeith Morris obviously had that stretch where he hit four threes in a row in the first half. He was on fire, finishing with 16 points in just 23 minutes. And Kyle Kuzma, 13 points for him in his 21 minutes. Morris and Kuzma combined to go 12 of 15 from the floor and 5 of 6 from beyond the three-point line. So absolutely huge. Of course, anytime the Lakers shoot 56.6% and including 44.4% from downtown with 12 threes, you would hope that they'd come out on top. But the Rockets made 22 threes. They took 53. 
They so they took almost double the amount of threes the Lakers did in this game, and they made 22 of them, which is why they hung around. That's what the Rockets do. But that's the thing: is the Lakers are going to have to play defense, and they're going to have to play offense in order to beat this this Rockets team. That's that's what they're capable of doing. That's what they're built around. That's where their success is. Eric Gordon had six threes. James Harden had four. Covington, Tucker each had four, and PJ Tucker, man. I just want to talk about this guy for one second because in his 34 minutes, 18 and 11, okay, but in his 34 minutes, he was a plus 18. A plus 18 for a team that lost the game by eight points. So in the 14 minutes he was off the floor, it was bad news for the Rockets. And the Lakers did a good job of whether he was on the floor or not, the Lakers did a better job of bringing it down to the basket and really attacking. But they did make a commitment to sort of go away from center in this game. Although JaVale McGee started the game, he left early, uh, or I should say in the second half, so technically that is early, right? He did leave this game early with ankle pain, and we'll see what that means for game three. But really, it was Anthony Davis and Markeith Morris who were playing the center minutes, and I really think that's just something the Lakers are going to have to embrace moving forward. Uh, We did not see Dwight Howard at all in this game. DNP coach's decision. JC and I talked after game one about how the Lakers are probably just going to have to stick to one center if they were going to commit to one of the, using one of those two guys. Um, and Dwight, as JC said, I like what he said when he said, you know, he seems to wake up with two fouls on him. You know, Dwight has had a, a rough go of it recently. It was good to see him engaged on the bench, very much rooting for the guys, engaged in the game, all of that. And, you know, I think that's that's emblematic of who he is at this point in his career, regardless of his role. So that's always nice to see. But the Lakers have, you know, a lot of good to take away from this game, and I think they can utilize it going forward. So in the first quarter, you, you loved what you saw from the Lakers. The second quarter, the Rockets started to make a run, but the Lakers started started to push back and wound up, you know, going into halftime with a 16-point lead, maintaining uh, maintaining it uh, because of an even quarter in the second, 31-31. But in the third quarter, the Rockets came out on fire, just sizzling from deep, and the Lakers, it looked like the, the air kind of got let out of the Lakers' tires a little bit. And they, they kind of got really down on themselves. The body language started to change. And you could tell the Rockets were gaining momentum there. You know, as the quarter came to an end, the Lakers started to, to ramp it back up a little bit. But the Rockets outscored them by 18 in that quarter. So, you know, Lakers were actually down two going into the fourth. And, it, 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 and I think when you have that happen, I know it's incredibly difficult to have, have, an, early, have an early lead of, substan- of a substantial number and maintain that same energy throughout the game. But because the Rockets are so adept from downtown and because the Rockets have that proclivity to get hot in a, in a heartbeat, you have to kind of keep your foot on the gas pedal in order to, to finish what you started. So despite the, the very bad third quarter, the Lakers were able to really clamp down defensively in the fourth quarter, outscoring the Rockets by 10 points and only letting up 17 points to the Rockets in the fourth quarter. So that was huge, especially after a 41-point third quarter. Uh, the Lakers did play their start, you know, LeBron and AD, their stars heavy minutes. LeBron with 39 minutes, AD with 36. The Rockets, I mean, they, they, all they do is play their starters. So every single starter had at least 33 minutes. Westbrook at the bottom, uh, Harden playing the most with 39 minutes. But when you only play Jeff Green, when you've got Jeff Green at 22 minutes, Daniel House at 27, and Austin Rivers and Ben McLemore combining for 10, you don't have a lot of options. The Lakers had four guys off their bench with 20 minutes or more, Caruso, Rondo, Kuzma, and Morris. Uh, Waiters, we did see Dion Waiters in this game, albeit very briefly because he was forced to leave with, uh, with, uh, with, an, uh, with an injury. With an injury as well. Dion Waiters is available going forward. We'll see what kind of role he could potentially play. But ultimately, I think the Lakers found something that really seemed to work for them in game two and they can apply for game three.
I, I do think the Lakers need to be a little bit more conscious of perimeter defense. I mean, this is a series where, you know, I know we said it the other night after game one, too, but I just want to, re- I think it bears repeating. This is a series where the Lakers really miss Avery Bradley. I mean, his perimeter defense is, would be perfect for this Rockets team. You could put him on James Harden. You could you could put him on Eric Gordon, those guys who really burned you from deep. Um, and I think that's, that's something the Lakers are really, you know, struggling to come to terms with, so to speak. Uh, we have seen some, you know, some some better efforts, obviously, in the, in this game than we did see in Game One. But by the same token, I think that for the Lakers, they're they're going to have to take a, a commit. It's going to take a commitment to the defensive end, and on top of that, the Lakers really need to continue to assert their strengths and continue to play in transition to take advantage of this Rockets team. And you know, LeBron spoke after the game pretty candidly, and he said, you know, we need to adjust to the speed of them after Game One. And he made and he made another comment in reference to that again after game two. And he said, you know, it's a really fast team. And because of that, you know, we need to play a certain way. So, you know, I, I think the Lakers are adjusting. They, they sort of surveyed in game one, although, you know, you wish you came. They came out with a with a greater sense of urgency, greater sense of tempo, whatever you want to call it. But I do think in game two, they sort of said, OK, this is the way we think it's going to work now. And I'm curious to see, you know, just what continual tweaks to the rotation Frank Vogel might make because although he remained with the starting five for game two, uh, he did show a nice uh, ability to be fluid in, in, in regards to what type of uh, offense or defensive schemes and things like that. And you did see some slight tweaks to the rotation, obviously. So that was nice to see. And I think he's going to continue to, you know, have to be, or he should continue to evaluate it on a game by game basis because this is going to be a competitive series, and if guys like P.J. Tucker and Robin, Robert Covington are continuing to give you issues, you know you have to find ways in which you can defend them with, uh, with greater ease and greater efficiency. I mean, Tucker and, and Covington in Game 2, obviously the Lakers won this game, but Tucker and Covington in Game 2 you know, were 12 of 20 from the floor, 8 of 15 from the three-point line, and both of those guys are plus defenders, so... You know, it's very interesting. I think at, at one point in the broadcast, uh, when the get, when the game was ongoing, said, you know, PJ Tucker's in his mid thirties and it's the most valuable he's ever been, and it's it's no joke. You know, this is a guy who had to play pretty much everywhere in the world before he ever got a real shot in the NBA, and you know, his value to this Rockets team, it's just it's it's really impressive, and, I, and I'm curious to see. You know, there's obviously going to be imitators given the Rockets' success, regardless of how this series turns out. I'm curious to see what it does to the value of the quote-unquote traditional big man. Uh, there, I, I, I am somebody who feels that there is a time and place for, for that role to be fulfilled in today's NBA. But obviously with the positionless basketball and more teams going smaller, focusing on speed, focusing on tempo, focusing on chucking it up from behind the three-point line, you know, it'll continue to be an evolving climate. So in game three, you know, things that I look for are that it was great to get – 29 39 points from Morris Kuzma and Rondo in game two but can you guarantee that that level of production is going to be there in game three I don't know that I could guarantee it especially when Kuzma and Morris basically couldn't miss so I'd like to see a little more from Danny Green and KCP obviously Danny Green was three of five from from behind the three-point line in game two so that was a welcome sight but those were all of his points, and he didn't really do much else, uh, especially defensively. And Contavious Caldwell Pope only took five shots, you know, two or five from the field, five points, and really nothing else to, to his line either. So I think those two got to be like closer to 20 points combined, maybe even 25 than 14. Because again, Morris and Kuzma, yes, they could combine for 29 points, but 
uh, you know, they did it. They did it on 12 or 15 shootings. So you just can't rely on that moving forward. It was a nice bonus. For the Lakers, I think they also need to do a better job of, of establishing a real differential in the rebounding department for the second straight game. The Lakers grabbed 41 rebounds. The Rockets only grabbed 35 in game two, so they did have a plus six differential. However, in game one, it was obviously tied at 41 apiece, and really that, that margin should be a lot larger given the size differential and just gr- greater effort underneath the basket. There were there were a number of times where the Lakers got you know out out-rebounded or boxed out or, you know, they, they just they gave up the rebound to the one Rocket or two Rockets who were down there versus four Lakers. And so that comes down to an effort thing, and I think that's something they continue to be conscious about as well. So I'd like to see that, uh, you know, a little bit better for in the Lakers' favor. It was nice to see 30 assists by the Lakers on 47 made field goals. I think that speaks to, to a better offense, not so much, you know, stand and watch a little bit more working together. Um, I would like to see the turnovers cut down. Obviously, LeBron had, you know, seven of them on his own. But that's going to be when you're playing with a greater pace, uh, that has a tendency to happen a little bit more as well. So nothing super alarming from that standpoint. Uh, LeBron with 39 minutes and AD with 36. Obviously, it's going to be a tough road to the finals, but you'd like to see those guys not have to play, you know, 40 minutes a night against the Rockets, especially if, as, as many think, including myself, the Clippers await will await in the Western Conference Finals. Ultimately, you know you're really going to need your dogs going going forward. There's not going to be any time to rest. So, hopefully, the Lakers can can get at least one game in this series where they can kind of you know have that big lead going into the fourth quarter and, and rest those guys. But there was a point in Game Two in which both LeBron and AD were were off the floor, and I just don't think that's something that Frank Vogel can afford and this Lakers team can afford to have happen because when you're caught with your pants down it's when you tend to get exploited. And speaking of which, that is the perfect tie-in to talk about, you guessed it, my Manscaped addiction. And that is because the Manscaped engineering team just perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, the Lawnmower 3.0. And when you got to keep it all clean and ready to go, you already know there's only one place where you can find the official tools for your tool, ladies and gentlemen. That's not even in the read. That's called impromptu advertising. Uh, You can get this trimmer now inside their Perfect Package 3.0, which also includes the Manscaped Crop Preserver, Ball Deodorant, and the Crop Reviver Ball Toning Spray. So not only are they super practical, but they smell great too. So if you're interested in that, I'm sure that your lady friend would be greatly appreciative. And at this point, you might be asking, man, that sounds really good, especially if you like me and you live in Los Angeles where it's been Uh, The temperature outside has been literally the surface of the sun the last few days, 120 degrees. Ridiculous. The air quality is disgusting. You just have to stay inside and you got to make sure you're as fresh as possible. You got to head over right now for 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com with the code HOOPBALL20. I know that you know you will be thanking me after that. I love Manscaped, man. It's, it's a great product, and it really, it really does uh, make life easier. And, you know, as you, uh, as you continue to mature in your, in your cycle of uh, relationships and interactions, I think it's very important that you uh, pay very close attention to personal hygiene on all sides involved. So we like Manscaped. We appreciate them. And uh, I'm sure there's just a few Lakers fans over there at the company. So shout out to all you guys over at Manscaped. Thank you for taking care of us like that. We appreciate it. The Lakers have this 
you know, I still think that they're considered the favorite in this series, right? Because obviously they were the best team in the Western Conference all season long. And, you know, the, they're, they're going to be the prohibitive favorite probably in, every, in any series. Although it will be interesting to see if it does wind up being the Lakers and Clippers who will be deemed the, the favorite for the series. It might fluctuate on a nightly basis. I think when you're talking about, you know, what the Lakers are looking for for game three, I think they'll probably enter as a slight favorite. I, I do think the Lakers have a little bit of the momentum back, you know, sort of flowing in the motion of their ocean now in terms of uh, how they're going to attack this team. If JaVale McGee is not available... I'll be very curious to see what Frank Vogel decides to do. Does he just start? Does he decide to start Marquise Morris, or does he like him with the second unit? And does that mean Dwight Howard gets involved? So I, that's that. That would be a dynamic that would be you know sort of brand new for the Lakers to experiment with, and at a really critical time. So I, I am very very curious to see what happens there. Knowing Frank Vogel and just based on his tendencies from this year, I feel like if JaVale were to be out, he'd probably just slide Kuzma in there because that is something that he's experienced with before. Obviously, Kuzma play, has played alongside those guys a little bit more than Morris or Dwight in terms of the starting five. So uh, that that probably would be the move. But I, I do like Kuzma's ability to come off the bench and you know be more of a focal point in that second unit than he would be in the first. Speaking of Kuz, I did also like you know his, his attention to uh, defense. I thought the Lakers... You know, some of the things that you don't see on a box score, but you just you see from watching the game is when somebody closes out. So Lakers had a lot of times last night where they were, you know, chasing guys around or, you know, they had to close out on a guy. And instead of just flying at him or, or and running past him, and, you know, trying that desperation heave, they actually closed out a lot more effectively. They did in game one and allowed them to be a little bit more efficient on that side of the ball. So, you know, I think when you hold the Rockets to under 110 points, I think you're doing something right, given their their offensive potency. At the same time, you know, the Lakers really should have held this Rockets team closer to like 100 points. Given the Lakers' offensive prowess last night and their defensive dominance for three or four quarters, you know, Lakers' should, margin of victory really should have probably been like 15 to 20 points. At the end of the day, you're not going to complain about an eight-point victory, especially if it covers the spread. And if you're into that sort of thing, you already know where you got to go because with my bookie, it's easy. You bet, you win, and they pay. Best part about them if you put in a deposit today, join today when my bookie will match your deposit 100%. You heard me 100%. You put in 100, they give you 100. Now you're playing with 200. You put in 15, they give you 15, double up 30. It's like a free scratch ticket, baby. Plus, they'll toss you a free $10 future wager for baseball. So that's good too. All you got to do to get uh, take advantage of this promotion is enter the promo code HOOPBALL when signing up. And remember, at my bookie, the terms are simple. You bet, you win, and they pay. We like free money over here, man, especially when you craft a career in education like I've chosen to do. We definitely like free money. So we like my bookie. They're easy to use. They got all sorts of things you could bet on, whether it's prop bets, straight money lines, game bets, over-unders, et cetera, et cetera. You know the deal. And with games on every day as the playoffs continue to progress until we get to the final round, there's always some action. And as of this week, which I literally just realized today, is completely insane. Football is also back. So, you know, part part, part of why I, I just realized it is obviously because, like many of you, I'm sure I've had a couple of fantasy football drafts in the last week. But at the same time, I just kind of can't real can't even believe or, or fathom that football's back just because everything is so weird. You know, obviously working in education, uh, school is online and will continue to be online for the indefinite future. And that is something that is brand new. For everybody involved, you know, even in the last six months and 
you know, it's hard to establish some of those norms and routines sometimes when uh, things change so greatly. So everybody's got to make sure that they take care of their mental health. I know we've talked about that here several times and something near and dear to my heart. So I'll continue to advocate for that cause. I'm curious, you know, if I if there were three things I wanted to see from this Lakers team in game three, one would be what does the starting five look like? Obviously, what regardless of JaVale McGee's health, what does the starting five look like? Two, will Rondo continue to play around 30 minutes? And if so, how effective can he continue to be? I think that's a huge variable for the Lakers in this series. And three, can the Lakers really stifle the Rockets defensively from the three-point line? 22 of 53, 41.5%. When you take that much volume, you're making that many threes. That means the Rockets scored 66 points off of threes last night. That's more than half, okay? They made 35 shots in this game. 22 of them were threes, right? That's way more than half of their of their total shots. And they, and they got to the free throw line 23 times. That's the other thing. Lakers only got there 18 times and only made 11. That's something that has to change. You can't send, send James Harden to the free throw line 13 times and only take 18 free throws as a team. Like, that's not going to work. So despite thing, you know, James Harden, uh, he only took 12 shots in this game, which is interesting. He was the third leading uh, shot taker behind Eric Gordon and Russell Westbrook. But James Harden had a great, you know, a really a good game. Um, Russell Westbrook obviously did not. Eric Gordon had a good game. P.J. Tucker, Robert Covington were both effective uh, offensively. But it was all the starters. So the Lakers really need to limit that efficiency from the three-point line and continue to shut down that Houston bench. Uh, I think that's, that's a huge, huge thing because it puts so much pressure on those starters and sort of wears them out, especially if the Lakers can continue to exert their, their dominance on the offensive end and exploit those size differentials. Which leads me into my last thing. In terms of what I want to see from the Lakers, I want to see them continuing to, to, to continuing to attack the basket, whether it results in, in a penetration for a kickout or whether it results in just attacking the rim for the purpose of trying to get an easy bucket. I think the Lakers really need to continue to focus on that size differential in order to continue to build this series in an effective fashion and keep the momentum going. Hopefully, after Game 3, we'll be talking about a 2-1 to Lakers series lead. We'd like to keep them short in between games because there's only so much time to go. As a reminder, follow us on Twitter at HoopBallLakers. You never miss an episode. Subscribe, download, listen to all the episodes wherever you stream your podcast. Leave that review. Tell a friend. Follow me on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. You can follow my musings all the time. I promise to keep it interesting. Until I talk to you guys next time, we out. This has been a HoopBall presentation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.